is the Beyond the Studio podcast, and you're listening to Season 2, Beyond the Studio West Coast Edition. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller, and we're here to help you figure out the business of being an artist. Here we'll share honest conversations with artists, makers, and business experts, and dive deep into the work that happens beyond the studio. Support for this season comes from Southern Exposure's Alternative Exposure Grant Program in partnership with Facebook's Artist in Residence Program and the Andy Warhol Foundation. If you find value in listening to Beyond the Studio, we'd love to ask you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's the easiest way to show us some love and to help others find the podcast. Thank you so much in advance for letting us know what you think and for supporting the show. You might hear some adult language used occasionally on the show, so please be mindful of those around you and pop in some headphones if needed. When I'm not working on the podcast, I'm working on my fiber art and illustration brand, Close Call Studio. So if you want to follow along with my own journey, you can check me out on Instagram at Close Call Studio or check out my website at CloseCallStudio.com. It's Nicole here, your other Beyond the Studio co-host. I'm a painter, muralist, and installation artist. If you want to see more of my work and studio process, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Marie Muller or my website, which is Nicole Marie Muller. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R dot com. Before we get started, we wanted to thank everyone who's left us a rating and review on iTunes recently and entered our giveaway from last week to win a gift card to Flax Art Supplies. We're so touched by your thoughtful comments and just wanted to read a few of them out loud here to show how much we appreciate your kind words about the podcast. Kelda Jean writes, Necessary and inspiring. I've been binge listening to Beyond the Studio since I first heard a friend of mine interviewed a few weeks ago. I can't get enough. I listen on my commute to work and also in the studio. I relate to the smart and generous interview style, which allows the guest to expand while the host keeps the conversation on point and focused. I want to share this podcast with my students, colleagues, and any artist finding their way. Thank you. Thank you, Kelda Jean. Vanessa Woods writes, excellent podcast that offers a great range of artist personalities and methods while providing great insight into how artists work, think, and succeed. Thank you. And Dancehall Girl says, smart, relevant artist conversations. Amanda and Nicole are smart and articulate and do a great job of crafting interesting and real artist interviews. Their guests share the real ins and outs of working as artists today. Excellent studio listening. Thank you all so, so much. We really can't tell you how much it means to hear your feedback and appreciate anyone who's left us a review. If your name wasn't the one that was randomly selected in our newsletter this week, well, we actually have another opportunity for you to win a $50 gift card to fly art supply store this week uh, so just head over to our instagram which is at beyond the studio give us a follow and check out our most recent post to find out how to enter this week we're taking a brief intermission from beyond the studio west coast edition as we're officially halfway through our season to recap on what amanda and i've been up to share some of the behind the scenes of our own work and lives and to reflect on season two and uh, where we're headed with beyond the studio uh, we've put out a few recaps where we talk about our own work when we first launched the podcast nearly two years ago. Amanda and I each interviewed each other. Amanda was actively managing Close Call Studio while working other jobs. She'd already had some great successes with selling her work through stores like Anthropology, but hadn't yet gone full-time. And I had just moved out to San Francisco from Baltimore. I'd left my full-time job in art college admissions in order to shift my focus onto my own studio practice while taking on part-time and freelance gigs. But if you really want to hear our full life stories, you can go back and 
check out episodes two and three. And last summer in 2018, uh, so about a year after our podcast launch, but before we released season two, we came back with our updates and an anniversary episode to give some more updates on our own lives. Amanda had gone full time with Close Call Studio. Uh, she talked about the ebbs and flows of her year, how she managed the transition, and some of the new challenges that being completely self-employed had presented. And I'd slowly been rebuilding my studio practice here, adapting to life in San Francisco while uh, staying afloat through freelance consulting and working part-time at my museum job. Um, and just generally navigating the ups and downs of starting over in a new place. But for the last few months, I know that the podcast has taken on a much bigger role for me personally. And since we launched season two in December, we've been so amazed and really excited by the positive response from all of you these last few months. Just the emails we've been getting, the comments on Instagram, and the thoughtful reviews on iTunes. So we really just wanted to say thank you for listening. It really means so much to us to hear your feedback and has really given Amanda and I license to dream a little bit about the future of Beyond the Studio and other ways of furthering the mission of increasing transparency amongst artists about their careers and broadening the conversation around professional practices in the arts. And if you are new to the podcast, Amanda and I are both working artists ourselves. So we really started Beyond the Studio with the goal in mind of broadening the conversations that we were having with each other about how we're navigating our careers and how we're building our lives as artists. Amanda and I met in college in Baltimore. We both went to art school together. I studied painting, Amanda photography, and we were roommates both in college and then for several years after we graduated. And so we really got to know each other well in those early years uh, at the very beginning of our own careers. And when I moved across the country to California, this really became a way for us to collaborate and continue those conversations. And it's also been a great way to build creative community. I think that we've been able to use the podcast as a platform to have conversations and invite other artists who we really admire on to talk about how they're making their, their life work. But we wanted to kind of flip the script a little bit and share more about how we're making our own lives work. We're still very much in the same position. We've been working behind the scenes, not only on the podcast, but on building our own creative careers. Um, and so we thought that today would be an opportunity just to give a brief update on what's been going on. Um, so if you have any questions for us as well um, about how we're navigating our lives as artists, we really want to just create a transparent dialogue about that and, and try and be candid about where we're at in our careers, even though it's scary. And we were joking before we started recording this that we still have the same feelings of nervousness and the same jitters that we had when we first started <laughs> with zero experience. It definitely doesn't get easier yeah. to to know that you're being recorded and to um, put the spotlight mm -hmm. on each other. It's way easier for us to interview other artists and to ask them really nosy <laughs> questions than it is to try and be really open and vulnerable about the challenges that we're going through ourselves. So here we're trying to overcome our own fears yeah. a little bit and to um, just put it out there with the, the hope and the knowledge that other people are going through the same things. And we are really, really excited to see that we just passed the 20,000 listener mark this week, which is huge, you guys. Thank you, thank you for listening to the show and for sharing it with your friends, with other artists. We're really excited to see where it goes and honestly can't thank you enough for listening. 
Yeah, I don't even know 20,000 people. So it's crazy to think of 20,000 people listening to us. Yeah, it's definitely expanded beyond our uh, friends and moms. So (laughs) that's uh, really, you know, encouraging growth. Yeah, we were joking earlier about how I thought that just my mom was listening. And she is. Hi, mom. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we are, we really appreciate all of the support, um, both from friends and family, but are also excited to see the audience growing and to feel that the conversations we're having are really making an impact. You know, we, we started this to broaden the creative community that we're all a part of and to be able to have more open and honest conversations with each other about what it really looks like to make a living as an artist. And we're really grateful that this season we've been able to ramp up our release schedule to every week, which we hope to continue after the next 10 episodes. Um, And we, we really went into the podcast with the goal of making it sustainable so that we can continue doing it. So we've also been pursuing things like grants and sponsorships sponsorships from companies that bring value to artists. But most importantly, we want the content and direction of the podcast to be shaped by your needs and what's valuable to you as a listener and as working artists. So please keep sharing your feedback with us through Instagram at Beyond the Studio, by emailing us at beyondthestudiopodcast at gmail.com, or by leaving reviews for us on iTunes of what you like about the podcast, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, or the kinds of things that you wish we were talking about or even artists that you would like us to bring on Um, so we would really love to hear what kinds of things um, you want to know more about and um, just in general make it more uh, collaborative I think when you're hosting a podcast it's really easy for it to feel like kind of a one-way conversation and bringing other artists on helps with that but you know we feel like we're a part of a much larger creative community and so we want to open up the dialogue and include questions from from you as you're listening to be able to share that with the artists we're talking to so again we'd really love to know what you want to hear about and any questions that you have for us and for our guests yeah and this podcast it really started out as such a labor of love just knowing that we had access to some really helpful mentors that were able to help us kind of jumpstart our own careers and not everyone has access to people that are so honest and and generous with their time and knowledge. And so starting the podcast, we just wanted to be able to have conversations with experienced artists and share their stories and knowledge and hopes that it can help you as well. It also helps us a lot too. I feel like every episode I walk away with like, all right, there are 10 new things I'm going to try in my practice now and see if, yeah. see if I can improve what I'm doing. But I'm just so glad that we've been doing this podcast and we will continue to do this podcast because it really we're we're starting to see the the benefits to our creative community and also just getting to meet so many cool artists that have been our guests Yes. And while the podcast has definitely taken on a bigger role, I think in um, both Amanda and and my life, we are both two working artists. We Mm -hmm. have our own studio practice and creative businesses. So like I said, we kind of go in depth into our personal history as of about two years ago in the first few episodes. Um, So you can always go back to episodes two and three and listen to the full story. But we're kind of here today just to catch up and to share a little bit of um, what we've been learning these last few months. Um, since our lives and careers are still a work in progress too. Um, so Amanda, do you want to tell us what you've been up to in your sure. first 
our second full year of being full-time with Close Call Studio. Yeah, yeah. Now it's been uh, full, let's see, it happened in September of 2017. That was when I kind of unintentionally left my job. In previous years, I had been able to be self-employed seasonally so I could handle the holiday season on my own and like maybe be okay up through my birthday in February. But the job that I had, it kind of went away. The business was closing and I thought, okay, well, at least it worked out timing wise that I'll be starting the holidays, you know, holiday work soon. And then I can at least hold myself over for a little while. So leaving the day job was not something that I planned. I I knew it was part of my end game, but I didn't know how mm-hmm. close that actually was. I wasn't really working a ton at that job. I really was only doing like maybe 15 hours a week. And it was a like barista and serving job. So I wasn't really making bank. It was just enough to like mentally make me feel okay about knowing that I still had a stream of income and less pressure on trying to make online sales. But then the year continued on and I never really needed to go back and get another job. And full disclosure, we did a recording yesterday. And yesterday I was having a really rough day of burnout and seasonal depression. So we decided to kind of re-record today. So I'll talk about that a little bit. My work tends to be very seasonal. So I have insanely busy times like October through early January and some busy times during earlier fall and again during the summer. But the springtime and late winter are usually really, really slow for me, which is good because I need that time to recover. But I've definitely been struggling with that burnout feeling of having trouble finding joy creating again. And the season in general has just been a little bit hard on me. But I realized even partly through yesterday of our trial recording, (laughs) there was basically just me being (laughs) like, I'm burnt out and I'm tired. And why do I do anything? (laughs) But you know, we do want to be candid here and part of sharing vulnerabilities is uh, talking about the hard stuff. And so I've I've been just struggling through that a little bit. After we recorded it, I kind of realized just how much I need my daily routine, which I have started implementing of starting my morning with journaling and meditating. And I'll pull a tarot card to kind of focus on throughout my day. And I completely underestimated uh, the importance of having some routine in the morning for myself, at least, Mm -hmm. and reestablishing that because I had taken a few days off and I immediately spiraled into depression again. So just to keep myself on track, I know that I need to be having that routine. I'll echo that or just the importance of having some kind of routine. And especially when you are working for yourself or you're self-employed or you're responsible for a lot of your own hours. I used to think I'm a pretty routine person and having a dog, um, I have a three-year-old pup named Remy who uh, definitely keeps me on a schedule. I felt like, you know, I had a pretty structured day, but I think one thing I was really neglecting was just the intentional part of really, you know, feeding your mind, body, and spirit in a healthy way that allows you to start each day with a sense of purpose. And, you know, I like to have slower mornings too, where I can have coffee. And I I found though that I've just been kind of rolling out of bed, checking my phone right away, getting stuck immediately in this mode of consumption, uh, checking my calendar, just kind of jump-starting into the day without necessarily taking the time to 
you know, to set myself out on the right path and really feeling the effects of it. I feel mm-hmm. like this whole year um, in trying to navigate life as a working artist while juggling multiple freelance gigs and part-time jobs has really been this kind of roller coaster experience where I felt really susceptible to the external pressures and just feelings of anxiety that come about through having a lot of ups and downs in your day-to-day. And so I think for me, having a kind of a daily routine of just taking a little bit of time to write about what you're thinking, what's coming next to you know take care of yourself to exercise to eat well just to do Mm -hmm. things that are good for you and that are just healthy practices um i think i've been overlooking the importance of that a little bit and i'm trying to get back into it yeah and actually today as we're recording this i'm going through my instagram stories and doing like a day in the life thing and even just documenting what I'm going through each day is helping me reinforce the importance of each of those habits. Like I need to be exercising. I need to be social. I need to be leaving the house and seeing the sky and eating well and sleeping well and having some boundaries with my work. And those are things that are really hard to establish, but they often end up being the things that fall to the wayside first when you're having a rough time or you're in overwhelm or stress. So those, those have been things that I've really been focusing a lot lately on and just trying to think about what the next goals are. Because once I hit the one year mark of being fully self-employed, that whole year was sort of just hustling, trying to maintain, trying to see if I could actually do it and hit a full year of working for myself. And then once that Mm -hmm. happened, I realized that I hadn't really set any further goals out for myself. Like, for such a long time, the end game or the goal was to be self-employed. Yeah, dream. Yeah, but then when I got it, I was like, well, now what? Like, now I... Dreams can come true. <laughs> and then what do you do? Yeah, and it can be really hard when you're focused on one thing for a very long time to try to think through the next steps. Yeah, and just expand that vision that you had for your life. Yeah, so I've been trying to go back through and really pursue my practice kind of intuitively, but also think about the core values that I have and what I want my life to look like and kind of shape my career based on that, which has been a common topic for this season thus far. And that's helped to kind of reinforce the importance of that to me because I'm realizing I'm not trying to be a multi-millionaire famous artists collected in the the biggest collections and museums in the world like (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just want a really good life that is fulfilling and for me that doesn't really mean that much just means getting to make my art and spend time with the people I love and go see cool things so yeah well having self-awareness and clarity have definitely been big things themes, I would say, of almost every conversation that we have with artists because it is such an open-ended life and career. And so, you know, there's an opportunity to really craft your own path, which is exciting. But I think if you don't take the time to really reflect and to gain clarity around what that looks like for you, then, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult to know whether you are close to reaching your goals or to even know what those goals are to to feel successful to know what success looks like so i think something that you are really good at amanda is taking the time to do that bigger picture reflecting and goal setting and taking 
more of a bird's eye view on your year um, and your life and just really thinking about what it is that you're searching for, how you want your life to look, and kind of setting your life up in a way that's working towards that. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's um, that's come up a lot in conversations, and it's important to reiterate because it is really valuable to just do some deep thinking and reflecting on what you want your life to look like. Yeah, and maybe this is like, maybe this is narcissistic of me, but I feel like I'm constantly searching to deeper understand what motivates me and what I need to exist as a happy human. I'm always look, you know, trying different personality tests. And lately, I've kind of fallen back into have you ever done the Enneagram personality test? It's like a breakdown of nine different personality types. No, I haven't done that one. Oh, we should do it sometime. I did the Myers-Briggs a long time ago, but I think I need to What's your Myers get back into it. Well, ooh, as of, <laughs> it maybe has changed. I don't know. Because I think this was in college. So let's say eight to 10 years ago, it would have been INFJ. Oh, I'm right on the cusp of ENFJ, INFJ. I, I think I seasonally go back and forth between introvert and extrovert. Uh, currently an introvert (laughs) same I think I'm kind of in between those two but more on the introverted end Um, that's interesting though because I feel like a lot of artists are what the j is for judgment right it's like more judging versus perceiving perceiving which I feel like most artists are actually um, in the perceiving category Mm -hmm. I really want to we should do the enneagram sometime because I want to figure out what your number is because me too we can share it if anyone else is interested and wants to find out yeah. their personality type according yeah. to this particular test. Well, I'm a four with a five wing. And fours are pretty common for artists. And one of the like key factors of understanding the core of a four is that we're yeah, that like mean? desperately trying to be understood and trying to oh. like express <laughs> <So> ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I was. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's be honest. My my MySpace page definitely will prove that I was emo. Please just understand me. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I was a child of the '90s. I was emo. <laughs> I am emo. Um, but also f- tendencies of fours that I've always resisted is that we cry a lot, and I was like, I'm not a crier. That's just not true. And then I realized that I was in denial and I cry all the time. I see anything even remotely sentimental, just welled up tears a little bit. I digress. But yeah, yeah, that's a that's like a I'm learning is a core part of my personality is self-discovery. So that's Mm -hmm. something that I am constantly challenging myself to to go deeper on. What are some of the other things that you've learned or have been noticing now that you're over a year into self-employment like in what ways kind of sounds like really honing in on the self-discovery self-awareness portion is one way of helping to expand that vision for yourself and to set new goals for yourself going forward oh I think a lot of it is has been learning how to understand the fact that my work is very seasonal and taking those Mm -hmm. times of abundance where I'm like making bank and being really overzealous with my savings so that in the slower seasons I'm not strapped for cash and then go get like a panic job as a barista across the street which I've done before (laughs) 
So trying to think about the year as a whole and be prepared and know like, okay, if I'm making realistically like half of my income in a three month window, I need to accommodate for that and and be conscious of the fact that I can't spend all of that money in that window. I have to conserve it and budget it out. Yeah. Um, So I'm learning about that a lot and just learning what kind of boundaries I need, like what I was talking about before with burnout and the seasonal depression, I'm realizing that I need to just allow myself in the future to take off the entire month of January. And Mm -hmm. I can still do work if I feel like it. But I I think just removing the pressure of like, you should get stuff done will help me to kind of get the rest and recovery time that I need. So I miss work and I'm excited to go back to it. Right. Well, I know that you had this realization mid-season that you could really use some help and we're talking about maybe hiring on some assistance in the future to help manage the workload in that busier season um, to help avoid the the inevitable burnout um, from being so bad once you get to the end of it. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out because I think I could probably get away with not hiring someone this year if I plan ahead properly. So I'm trying to think strategically and see if I can avoid having to bring someone on. But if I do have to bring someone on, I'm open to that too. It's really terrifying because like what we talked about in Heather's episode last week was I work from home. I share my home with my partner. So inviting a stranger into my space feels like I'm invading his space as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out just if it's the right move for me. Do I want to be someone's boss or do I want to work for myself? Do I want to have that level of responsibility? So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still very much trying to figure that out. I'm open to the idea of hiring someone, but I also am going to try to avoid it if I don't have to. But I want to be realistic and I don't want to set myself up for failure because I'm stubborn which I've done before. (laughs) Yeah, I think that kind of summarizes what I've been learning thus far. How about you, girl? What's been going on with you? I have to admit, I'm a little envious of the idea of having a kind of predictable seasonal flow to the year because I don't know if that's something that I just haven't been working long enough to have developed or if it's more a result of working as a fine artist in that there just aren't those similar seasons throughout the year but I think one of the things that I've been kind of struggling to manage the most is the unpredictable nature of being an artist and um, I really relate to the ebb and flow of things um, and it really kind of feeling like feast or famine um, and trying to navigate those in-between spaces in-between projects and to focus on developing multiple streams of income too you know I kind of felt like I was starting over when I moved to California even though I had built a lot of momentum in Baltimore more. I was usually working creative jobs, um, either being self-employed or for a while uh, working full-time administrative jobs and then as an admission counselor um, for the art school that we went to, but always maintaining a studio practice and was starting to sell work, starting to build relationships with art advisors and consultants and really, you know, starting to see that as um, an avenue for being able to sustain myself. And so moving out to California, 
Virginia, that was really the focus for me. And I made a conscious decision not to seek out other full-time jobs, but instead to see if I could make it work um, by working part-time and taking on freelance gigs and really trying to build up my studio practice as a means of income. But even within that, you know, I've been focused on selling paintings, um, developing relationships with art advisors and consultants here, applying for lots of things, whether it be grants or projects um, that have monetary stipends or awards attached to them, um, and trying to to, to self-initiate or to take on projects that I feel are, you know, pieces that I can incorporate in my portfolio that might be springboard to other types of work that will then in turn lead to other streams of revenue. So for example, I've been working in the studio painting, but I've been taking on more mural projects as well as site-specific installations. I've been doing a lot of window pieces that play with color and light in response to the architecture of a space, um, both in galleries and in commercial spaces. And so that's another facet of my practice that I hope to um, bring into the realm of public art to keep taking on commercial commissions. Um, So, you know, there have been some kind of big milestones for me throughout the last year or six months. I moved my studio from East Oakland into San Francisco where I live, which cuts down on my commute a lot. I have a great space, which I'm really grateful for. And, you know, I had a few big projects last year. I worked with a local business to help design their space um, by painting a mural and then creating a vinyl window installation for them. Um, I also did a pop-up exhibit in Alameda within a vacant storefront um, through an arts nonprofit that uh, led into my first um, small permanent public art piece with the city of Alameda. So those are projects that have been in the works for the last six months and are now finally coming to fruition. So I feel like, you know, there's a momentum there, but it's definitely not enough to sustain myself right now full time. And so I feel like I've been in this financially precarious position, um, just accruing debts while living in San Francisco. I'm trying to figure out if I can keep up the freelance lifestyle or if I might need to switch into a different season by taking on a full-time job and just trying to really think you know realistically about what the next steps are even though the studio work is really a priority for me. Are you telling me that with our 20,000 listeners you still can't pay your bills with this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, not quite yet, but you know, podcasting is hard to make lucrative. So bear with us. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a labor of love. But I, you know, I hope that we are able to be candid about um, where we are and and where we want to go. And, you know, I would love for the podcast to take on even more of that. I think, you know, with the launch of this season, we see that as an opportunity to reach a larger audience. We're excited about some big ideas that Amanda and I have that we're (laughs) exploring for where the podcast could be headed. We'll share those once they're ready, but we've got lots of things that we're talking about and working on. Yeah, lots of stuff cooking (laughs) Um, and are, you know, hoping for your input too. So please don't hesitate to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, a lot of a lot of life for me has been kind of learning to live in limbo um, and just deal with the feeling of things always feeling in flux 
um, yeah. and to navigate that that space of uncertainty and not always knowing what the next thing is, um, but trusting that you know the the seeds that you're sowing are going to lead to opportunities, whether it's now or in the future, and to try and take that more of a long view um, and to recognize that you know this is a lifetime commitment and it might not happen in the timeline that you want. But if you keep working and you keep, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and keep making progress towards your goals, that eventually those things will come to fruition. That's sort of the the message that I try to keep in mind, but I think that it really uh, can feel like a roller coaster a lot of the time. What you were saying earlier, Amanda, has become important for me too, just creating a routine for yourself because when you have a lot of... Mm-hmm instability work-wise or you know I'm fortunate that my my home life is very stable you know I have an incredibly supportive partner I've got a dog that keeps me grounded and family (laughs) and friends that you know those things I feel like are really really important especially when you're trying to to take a risk when it comes to your work or career so I'm grateful for that but I've realized that it's really important to try and set up routines to be intentional about every day and to keep your on track with you know moving closer to your goals yeah I sort of feel like I'm in the place where you were when you first accidentally went full-time with your work as in I've had mm-hmm. um, this balance the last year and a half pretty much since I moved out to California and I've really gotten used to the kind of freelance lifestyle of juggling multiple jobs and creative gigs um, meanwhile trying to really build my studio work take on more projects but I had this part-time job at the museum for most of the time and I thought that I would be giving myself more flexibility in my schedule by shifting to uh, more of an on-call role instead of having steady part-time hours. Um, But what I was not expecting was that the shifts just wouldn't really be available. And so I kind of accidentally cut myself off from that job altogether and have now been trying to look ahead at what's next. And I think this year... Can't take you anywhere. (laughs) This year has really been about learning to navigate those in-between spaces kind of live in limbo as I've been calling it or learn to deal with things kind of always feeling in flux and trying to you know to stay sort of on track and working with your larger goals in mind meanwhile just dealing with that day-to-day of having to pay your bills and to kind of uh, take on random freelance work to try and fill in those gaps and it's been kind of a tough space to to navigate I wish I could say that I was doing a little better with it but I feel like it's a lot of mindset really you know like the the psychological effect of that I think it's really easy to just feel scattered to feel like you're kind of living in chaos and to to not yeah handle that um that instability really well and so I think I've I've tried to Mm -hmm. be accepting of the fact that um you know life happens in seasons and I may have to take on a full-time job that helps bring more stability into my life for a while and that that doesn't mean any kind of failure as a fine artist but it's just a another season Mm -hmm. of life or you know I may be able to keep up the juggling act of multiple freelance jobs while bringing more studio work in but just understanding that that's gonna you know 
mean a kind of financially precarious existence for a while. And so I think, again, like that self-reflection has been really important to really try and figure out where your comfort level is and what you need to be doing at a given time. And, you know, I also recognize that I'm, I'm really lucky to be able to do this because although I live in a really expensive city like San Francisco that, you know, has a lot higher pressure to sustain, I also live with my partner. You know, we have a really kind of stable household situation. So there is a lot of stability in my life and, you know, we're able to split costs, which makes a huge difference. I have a strong support network of friends and family and all of those things are really, really important and helpful. You know, we don't have a car in the city. Um, There are lots of ways that we try and kind of cut down on living costs. And so I feel like I'm really lucky in that sense. But there's, have you, Amanda, you watch um, Broad City, don't you? Yeah, but I'm not up to date. Okay, so you haven't seen the most recent episode. Definitely not. Oh, well, I was going to give an example from the most recent episode. It's called Artsy Fartsy. Go for it. (laughs) Um, Well, spoiler (laughs) alert if you haven't seen it. But one of the major plot points for the episode is, well, first of all, Abby gets fired from a job that she has at Anthropology as a sales associate for trying to insert herself into the creative team. Oh, my God. And so she picks up a catering gig to keep herself afloat and then runs into a friend from college that's working at MoMA in New York and invites her to this fancy soiree um, that night. So she goes... uh, That person better also be a real Micah guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You'll have to watch the episode. It's really hilarious that um, the character has got her own backstory and whatever. But uh, she... So good. Yeah, she has to call out of this catering shift to go to the event at MoMA. And when she shows up there, it turns out that the catering company is working the event. So she's trying to live this like double life of catering so that her friend doesn't see her and then acting like she's a guest at the party when the caterer is not around and of course it all ends kind of disastrously where she's confronted by both the friend and the caterer and she's standing in between them and they're like Abby what are you doing you're a caterer and then the friend is like no you're not you're an up-and-coming emerging artist and you're a personal guest of this party and so Abby is stuck in this awkward situation that I feel is so relatable and representative of the way that I think so many artists feel where you have this job that you don't necessarily identify with and are maybe Mm -hmm. even a little embarrassed by meanwhile there's this identity of up-and-coming artists that she feels a little like a sense of imposter syndrome you know like that's the identity she desires for herself but isn't quite able to fully own or claim and she's kind of stuck between these two worlds you know later she runs into or rather she spills a drink all over this really famous made-up artist in the show and she reminds her that (laughs) it took her years of service jobs before she you know had her work in the collection at MoMA and so I just I felt like that scene was a little too real because I think um, so many can relate to that feeling of just hustling Mm -hmm. and you know doing whatever you can and whatever you have to do to sustain your work and life and meanwhile trying to keep the like aspiring vision that you have for your future self top of mind um, and to really own the identity of like up and coming contemporary artist (laughs) while you might also be a caterer and that's totally fine those identities can coexist and you know reinforce each other and they don't have to be 
Mm-hmm. I think like that's uh, to me like that's kind of the heart of what we were wanting to uncover with the podcast is that recognition that um, you know so many artists are making it work in so many different ways and that these things are not I think we tend to to glamorize the life of an artist and romanticize what that really is mm-hmm. and and then there's this weird guilt and shame that comes along with that when we feel like we're not really reaching our goals and we're not living the kind of life that we pictured for ourselves of just being able to work in our studio and you know, have our work collected by MoMA and be attending fancy soirees and galas every night. And that's just not the reality. And that's okay. And yeah, where's my Met Gala invite? (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. I should be famous by now. We have a podcast. Hello. (laughs) Is anyone listening? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. And it's funny because I feel like I'm I feel like an imposter in my own Yeah, the imposter syndrome feeling is so real. And I feel it in every aspect of my life all the time. But I think that one of the reasons why we wanted to do this show is to help demystify the fact that we all kind of feel that way. And it was really humbling. Obviously, we just released Heather's episode. um, So that's top of mind right now. But hearing her talk about how long it took her to start feeling comfortable being self-employed and knowing that like, okay, I'm only a year and a half in to being self-employed and I am starting to feel more confident identifying as an artist, but I still am like, I'm a phony. I'm really struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Life is so hard sometimes, but I think that it's, it's necessary to have these honest conversations because I know how much it means to me hearing that other people are struggling and I want to offer that kind of solidarity to our listeners as well. It's not easy for any of us. We're all trying to figure it out. I'm really glad that we do this show because I think that the whole reason that we wanted was because we were having these conversations of our own struggles with vulnerability and with trying to make it work as artists and taking the time to have these conversations really, it makes a big difference to me, I know. And based on listener feedback, it sounds like it's helping y'all as well. And we really couldn't do it without you guys. Yeah. And if it can lead anyone else to start having more open conversations like this with other artists that they're working around and not to, you know, that feeling of holding your cards close, but to um, just be open about your own path and share your vulnerabilities um, with those around you, then, you know, I feel like this will have been a great success um, because that's all that we really wanted to try and do with each other. And so with that, we're really excited about this second half of season two Uh, we hope you've been enjoying the artist stories uh, from season two part one so far and we have 10 more artists coming up whose path and work and stories are all really unique and interesting um, and we're really excited to bring them to you so we hope you'll stay tuned um, and join us again for our upcoming episodes and stay in touch we love to again just know what you think um, and know what you're excited about hearing more of you want to see next Um, So please definitely reach out and let us know. One thing that encourages me, though, about talking with other artists and even about the way that we've approached the podcast and that has been inspiring me about working with Amanda is that despite not having any background or experience in 
you know, hosting a podcast or audio editing or really any of the things that go into producing a show. We didn't let that stop us and we just looked at it as an opportunity to learn new skills. And I think that's been another common thread of a lot of artists who found a lot of success. You know, it's not about knowing all the things already or even having completed the projects that you want to do. I think it's just acquiring those along the way and just starting. And I mean, I've definitely found that to be true in my own work. I feel like every project I've taken on has presented a new challenge. Working with this commercial business, for example, on this vinyl window installation, I'd done some similar um, gallery installs of uh, these colored gels on the windows to create this kind of stained glass effect inside of a space but this was the first permanent installation I was doing of this kind and I've never installed vinyl before I really didn't even know what kind of materials I needed to use so it was a lot of online research into vinyl printers and fabricators and uh, calling around to get quotes and you know things that are usually not a part of my day-to-day but it's just what that project called for and you know I was able to figure out what I needed to know in order to order the material get it cut and installed and now I can say I've done this vinyl window installation and you kind of take that that knowledge into the next project and that's how you just acquire the skills that you know eventually will lead you into whatever future work you end up doing down the road but I think there's always an element of the unknown so that's what we're learning with the podcast and um, definitely comes to studio work but just not to let that hold you back from figuring it out and to know that, you know, you have the, the ability, um, the capability to figure things out and you just have to start and ask around and use Google and trial and error experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. it'll get better. I feel like such a valuable lesson that we learned from the podcast is the importance of starting before you feel ready. Because anytime you take on something new where you're doing it for the first time, you're probably never going to feel ready. And we spent months doing research and we were talking regularly, reading tons of articles, uh, trying out different programs, trying out different interview techniques. Like we did a lot of prep work before we launched the podcast and we still didn't feel ready. And I still like not too long ago, I went back and listened to a lot of our older episodes from season one. And even though it was only a couple years ago, I'm really grateful that that we're still doing this because I think that we've gotten a lot better. I know even just in in my audio editing, especially, it's a lot (laughs) smoother understanding what is and is not important regarding editing and like just figuring out a lot of that stuff. I mean, I definitely am being challenged a lot from the podcast. So I appreciate everyone being really understanding of the fact that I am a visual artist who is teaching herself how to use an editing program like Ableton. So thanks for being patient. (laughs) Because there's all kinds of problems all the time and I never know how to fix them. I've been learning a lot from that. Uh, We definitely still get very nervous whenever we record because we're, once again, just two artists (laughs) trying, (laughs) trying to share what we're learning with people. And hence why we're recording this twice, because we're still working through those nerves and jitters. But I'm yeah. I'm just constantly really grateful that we're doing the show and really grateful for the community that we've been able to build out of it. And like now I am feel like I'm in regular touch with several of our guests that have become friends that I had no idea even existed prior to doing the show. And now 
I feel like I can reach out and ask them questions and shoot the shit or, you know, look for feedback on stuff I'm working on. And it's just so cool that it's opened the door for really honest relationships. And like, shout out to our guests, because every single person that has been on the show, when we reached out to them asking if they wanted to be on, they were so excited to share their knowledge and like, just had men the most beautiful spirits of generosity. So everyone that has been on our show, thank you so much. Everyone that is listening to our show, thank you so much because you're all contributing to this really beautiful community and we're grateful to be a part of it and to be the kind of conduits of this community and journey. Amen. We love you guys. (laughs) Well, I can't think of a better way to end it than that. So... That's it for this episode of the Beyond the Studio podcast. You can find show notes, references, and a brief summary of the episode over at our website, beyondthe.studio. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to find out about upcoming guests, special announcements, and podcast giveaways. If you're listening to this episode via iTunes, we'd love to ask you to give us a rating and a review because it really makes a big difference. The more reviews we get, the more people we can connect with. And the more we connect, the better we get. And we're trying to get real good here. I don't even know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that voice was either. I don't know, but I really liked it. (laughs) God. I'm just sweating over here. No big deal. It's just a big mess. <sighs> I know, but okay. I still insist on like the blanket and the hoodie. Yeah, it's a comfort thing. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Hug- hooga. <laughs> <laughs> just breathe now. I have like all these jitters. Just two gals yeah. talking. <laughs> just two gals talking. All right, guys, we're rebranding the podcast. We're naming it Just Two Gals Talking. And it's Just Two Gals Talking. <laughs> I feel like there has to be a podcast that already exists with that name. Okay, I'm trying to get it together, Nicole. We're professionals. (laughs) Two young professionals. I have to make sure that I'm not gonna burst out laughing. Yeah. I mean, if we laugh, that's cool too. We're just two girls (laughs) talking and laughing. (laughs) Oh man.